Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit VictoryBaptistValdosta.com. Now let's listen to today's message from God's Word. Chapter 5. Uh, Let's read a couple verses, maybe verse number 1. We'll make our way down through verse 17, uh, I think. And um, let's read that. We'll pray, and then I'll very quickly try to give you what the Lord's laid on our heart. In verse number 1, it says, Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as father, the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, the the younger as sisters with all purity. Honor widows that are widow indeed, but if any widow have uh, children or nephews, uh, let them learn first to show piety at home and to requite their parents, for that is good and acceptable before God. Now, uh, she that is a widow indeed, I could have skipped a few of these verses, uh, but verse 5 says, Now that she is a widow indeed, and desolate, trusteth in God, and continueth in all supplication and prayers night and day, but she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. Verse, se- verse 7, And these things... Uh, give in charge that they may be blameless. I tell you what, let's let's skip down maybe in verse number. Let's look verse. Let's start up in verse number sixteen again. I guess he said, "For if uh, any man or woman that believeth uh, have widows, let them relieve them, and let them not uh, the, the church be charged that it may be relieved that they are uh, widows indeed." It's talking this this text here is talking a lot about relationships and how how we view and how we handle. Uh, members of the church, members of the congregation, uh, and the different roles. In verse 17, though, it said, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in word, in the word and doctrine. For the scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. It goes on and talks about several things they are talking about, and not re- receiving accusation against the, the elder and uh, and several other things there, but look, that'll be enough for tonight. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your love, your grace, your mercy. I kindly ask you, Lord, and humbly to ask me to uh, help me to say the things you would have for me to say. Help me, Lord, to speak, Lord, what, uh, what I'm confident you've put in my heart. Lead, guide, and write all that we do in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm interested in verse number 17. Verse number 17 says, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor especially those who labor in word and in doctrine. And that phrase there where it says double honor, uh, I, I, my, my pastor, and I count Brother Ward as my pastor, uh, the pastor where I uh, found kind of a foundation in, in life, met my wife, answered the call to preach. He had been pastoring, I guess, for 30 years, uh, very recently, maybe the last year or so, and they asked me to come up and to speak uh, and to preach. And, and I used this text, and I went looking for this text uh, with kind of a, a message along this line with him in mind. Uh, but as I studied it, the Lord showed me some things that I thought was very interesting in this verse. There's a couple of words that we want to look at uh, in, in this text. And when you start talking about the pastor-preacher uh, in, in our lives... It, 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 he's used a reference there in a couple of different ways. Here in this text in verse 17, the Bible said, let the elders. The elders there is not a reference to their age, but it's to the role that they played in the church. Uh, this is someone that is uh, 
Uh, the, the, the definition of this has to do with an, a noun. It's uh, someone who is uh, uh, Israelite. It's one that rules over the church. Another term for elder is used in other places as the bishop. It is a superintendent or an officer uh, that kind of is an overseer of the church. And that is the role, and I know that we, we are familiar with that, and I promise I'm trying to go somewhere, and I'll go very quickly, uh, but that is the role of the pastor in our churches today. In this text, in, it also makes a statement and says, one that rule uh, or ruleth well. This is, uh, this is speaking of the one, not the one that just stands in front of us. Anybody can stand in front of a congregation, but it is one who presides over. This is someone uh, that rules well, and this is not done in, in a few minutes. It's often interesting to me. I preached at a church in Alabama back several many years ago now that was looking for a pastor. I had just come out of Brantford and I went up there and preached and I preached on a Sunday morning. I didn't teach Sunday school. We didn't go eat lunch together. And on Sunday night, I, I preached again before the service. I told Rebecca, I said, listen, here, here's what's going to happen. Before we leave, these people are going to take me in the back. They're going to ask me a handful of questions and they'll ask me to be the pastor. And without um, stretching out that story very long, uh, the service ended. We were going home, packed all our things up. She, as always, is right. She begins to grin and nod and kind of give me the face like, ha-ha, once again, I'm right, you're wrong. And um, I'm just kidding. She really doesn't do me like that. I shouldn't say those things. It sounds terrible. But, uh, and, and as I go to the back door, the, the head deacon says, hey, we'd like to talk to you for a few minutes. And sure enough, everything I told her, it's insane that, that you would hear that and someone would ask you to, to, to play that role. It makes no sense because the truth is, is that a pastor, a ruler, one that rules well, that is something that is established over a long period of time. I got to hurry and I don't want to get caught up there because it's really not a part of what we're doing. And so the, the couple other phrases here it talks about, it talks about this double honor. I, I, I don't know how to express to you what it, I don't know in, in enough clarity what is on my heart. I am so thankful for the man of God the Lord has placed in our church. And I, I have watched him for these years, and, and, and I, I don't know how to describe to you uh, my heart about this matter. I feel like the only thing I could say is from hearing you speak about our preacher, that the only way for me to describe it to you is it's the same way you feel. It's the exact same way we feel and how we feel about our preacher and the man of God. There's several things about this labor, and I want to give these to you, and, I, and I'm trying, to, I'm, I'm trying to, to, to go quickly. The first thing I think about the labor is the requirements of the, lab, of the labor. The prerequisites to this task we find in the text. In 1 Timothy 3.1, the Bible said there, This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop must be blameless, the husband of one wife. Preacher just went through these qualifications. We, we're not going to bother too much with these, but there's some prerequisites. There's some things that have to be there in order for, uh, for the, the leader, the pastor, to be qualified. My father said this to me. He said this about the pastor. He said that the pastor has a public example before the church and that he has a private example before the family. And so the pastor, and our pastor, listen, uh, has a public example, not just, listen, I want to tell you something that, that, that thrills me, is that when I go in the community and someone says, so we start talking, and I say, I'm from Victory Baptist Church, and they say, oh, I know, Pastor Brother Steve Ward. 
And they, I've never one time had anyone do anything. His public testimony, his public example is as great to us as it is to them. And I'm so thankful for that. It's so important. Listen, and, and I, I, I want, I'm, I'm trying to go there, uh, but it is so important that we recognize what God is doing in our church, what God is doing in our ministry. So the, uh, we see the prerequisites to it. The second thing we think about is the practice of it. Here's where it's at. And this is, this is, why, uh, this is why I love our preacher. In 2 Timothy 4.1, he said there, he said, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing. He said in verse 2, preach the word. In verse number 5, he said this. Now, this is the challenge to the preacher. Uh, preacher, I don't know what they preached at your ordination. I know, they preached every ordination, I guess, includes this text where we are challenged as preachers to preach the word, to be faithful to preaching the word of God. The, the key role of our pastor, the key role of the pastor, the key role of a pastor is they preach the word of God. Brother, My brother-in-law was installed in a church in South Carolina this morning as their pastor. Listen, there are a lot of things that he may do. The most important thing he'll do is to preach the word. In the verse number five, he talks about, he goes on, he said, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist. So he's to preach the word, he's to do the work of an evangelist. We see a couple things here. We see the preaching of the Word of God. The Bible talked about being instant in season, out of season. Whether it's popular or not, there are things that we must hear. It occurred to me this afternoon, I, was, uh, I rode to town with Rebecca, and I knew that this was, uh, this was on my mind, on my heart, and I was thinking about it, and I, I got to thinking about the message this morning and how a preacher was preaching about the home and the family and how many times we go to church, we hear a message, and we turn it off in our heads and say, oh, that's for someone else. And I got to wondering about a, maybe a biblical uh, uh, principle behind that. And I was reminded of when Christ was there telling those disciples, one of you, one of you is going to betray me. And what did they say? Lord, is it I? Is it me? Am I the one? I, I, I'm convinced that we, and maybe they should have known better. Maybe that's a poor application. Maybe that's a poor interpretation. But I, we would be a lot further down the road if when we come in the building and our preacher got in the pulpit to preach and we turned it on and said, Lord, now whatever is here tonight from me, do a work in my heart. I was thinking about our families and our homes and uh, I, and I'm ahead of myself a little bit. I was thinking about the other day when we had the baptism, and, and, and I was thinking in particular about Asher uh, being baptized and the generational thing and how many generations that our preacher has touched. How, how, how many generations and how much time that he's touched and is touching. I just want to say, can I, just, can I spill the beans? I, I'm convinced that our preacher is worthy of double honor. I just believe that. Listen, uh, and I and I listen, and I listen. I I, I don't know how to tell you that. I, I, I this is this is, this is something. This is this this is not a. By the way, this isn't a retirement thing. This isn't something that was when they're gone, you don't pin the roses out. No, no, no. This is in action. They're talking about Paul being worthy of double honor. And I want to tell you something. I just think that that double honor is due. I believe that with all my heart, and I, and I think that, 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 we, that we attempt and endeavor to do that. But I, the importance of the man of God, the importance of the pastor. So we see here, he said he's to preach the word. He's to do the work of the evangelist. 
Um, so one, he's to preach the Word of God. The second thing is the teaching of the Word of God. In 1 Timothy 3.2, he said, A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. And so the preacher is two things. He's, he's to preach the Word of God, and he's to teach the Word of God. That is what he does for our lives. That's what he does for our families. You know why? Listen, it's so important to me who my pastor is, because I know I have a 19-year-old son. I have a 12-year-old daughter. They have known him the bulk of their lives. That man has been their pastor, and I know the influence and the impact that it makes. And I want my kids here every service for everything that's ever done to be under the influence and the impact. Me and Brother Drew DeLoach have talked often about the impact that our preacher has had on our families. And the amazing thing to me the other day was when it occurred to me, it is now in the third and nearing the fourth generation. How, how amazing is that? How wonderful is it that, that that is the case? And so he's to preach the word. He's to teach. Those are the two things he's do, right, done, right? So preaching of the word of God, the teaching of the word of God, the work of the evangelist. The work of the evangelist there, listen, he, he's a soul winner. He's looking for souls. He's looking for those that are without. An evangelist was a missionary, always looking for those to share the gospel with. That is who they are. That is what they do. Number four, or number five, wherever we are there, he's to watch for their souls. You know what the preacher does when he gets up and preaches messages like he did this morning? When he says that I, I, I was praying the other day and I was thinking about the ministry and I, and I, and I try to preach uh, uh, messages early in the year about setting goals and setting, you know, setting, uh, be, you know, being good stewards. And then I think about preaching on the home. Listen, why? Because he, it's meticulous in that they sit and they think about what watching. They watch for our souls. Now, I think the church is in a great place. I think the church is doing a great thing. I think God is doing a great work, and I am thrilled beyond words at what, the, what it seems God is trying to do. Some of the most difficult years that we've had in a long time. But look how God has done. Look at the things God is doing. In all, in all of that, it's his, what, listen, you know, so you know what I'm saying? I'm saying that when I come in, I sit down, I want to hear what he has to say because he's watching for my soul. He's watching for my soul. How are we going to get, how are we going to be who God wants us to be if we, if we don't hear, I think there was a Sunday school lesson this morning on hearing and listening and, and what, a, what sounded like an amazing lesson. Probably have had that here instead of me tonight, amen. But the, the, that, we, that they're watching, he's watching for our souls. In Hebrews 13, 17, he said, obey them. Listen to this now. now this, this isn't pleasant. And nobody asked me about anything. And, I, and there's no problems in the church. Uh, that's not what any of this is born out of. This is really born out of in my heart that I'm convinced that I want to make sure I show double honor to our pastor. That's just to be honest. I'm just telling you, that's where I'm at. That's where my heart's at. But in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, it said, Obey them to have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they must give an account, much the same as I will give an account for my home, my family, my children. The pastor will give an account for the church. 
He'll give an account for what he says, for what he preaches, for what he teaches, for the direction he gives. That's why, and it took me a long time to understand this, but that's why there's so many mmms when you ask a question. Why there's such a pause. It's not even that you don't know the answer to the question. It's not even that you don't want to share it. But what does God want me to tell you? Sometimes it's, it's, I silly watch for our souls. Can we hurry? Because I know you want me to. So the first thing we see is those, we see those, the requirements of the laborer. The second thing we see is the reflection of the laborer. Now this is, this is where, this is, I enjoy this. I like this. The first thing we notice about this reflection of the labor is this. I started to bring a mirror and hold it up. And the truth is, is that when we, when the pastor in our lives holds up that mirror and looks into it, we don't, we're not to see him, but we're to see Christ. That's who we're seeing. So we see that he's a follower of Christ and a leader of the church. In Matthew 16, 24, he said, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So he's a leader of the church. He, he's a follower of Christ and a leader of the church. That's who God is. If you're halfway in or you're halfway out, and, and I don't know why, uh, to be honest, it, it's, tonight I'm preaching this. I just know that God put it on my heart and it's there. And it's, it's, it's not my, it won't be my problem in just a few minutes. But he is, he is the, he's the follower of the Christ and the leader of the church. And so, listen, it is, it is important where whatever stage of life I'm in that I'm following him because he's following Christ. So he's a leader, of, he's a follower of Christ, a leader of the church. In 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, uh, talking, Paul said, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. He demonstrates, uh, uh, the, the second thing we see here is he demonstrates the, the love of Christ. In, in 2 Corinthians, Paul said, I will, uh, will very gladly spend and be spent for you, though the more abundantly I love, the less I be loved. He, listen, he not only is a follower of Christ, but he demonstrates the love of Christ. We were talking about Brother Dave McCoy before the service and, 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 and some memories of him. And uh, he, I was watching his funeral uh, the other day, and, uh, and, and one of the preachers, I can't remember which one it was, talked about how that he would get up and, uh, and, and, and he would go to a restaurant and order more food than he needed. And he would walk around going, hey, my buddy, ordered too much food. Here, uh, would you like to have this? And he would use that as an opportunity to tell them about Christ. Why? Because he, he uh, loved, was a demonstration, demonstrating the love of God. He's humble in his nature. Jesus said, why callest thou me good? In Ephesians 3, 8, uh, Paul's writing again, he said, unto me who am less than, uh, than the least of all saints. Paul's talking about himself, said, I'm the least of the saints. Who in the world do I, am I? I'm just going to tell you something. I, I've never been around anyone that was more that way than our pastor. That, that listen, that, that wasn't, uh, could be, but wasn't puffed up. Why? Because he's humble in his nature. Not as he humble in his nature, but he's about the Father's business. Galatians 2.20, he said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Why? Because he was about the Father. There's one thing the preacher, the pastor has in mind. And, and listen, that's the business of God. You, we, you, I, we see, we see this day, we see this moment, we see this minute. But they, listen, they're looking and seeing the scope of things and what, what God is trying to accomplish in our lives. 
maybe preacher hasn't been your pastor all your life, but you think about, you think back about all the men of God that are worthy of double honor because they fulfilled these roles. And it's, listen, the reason it's so important is the impact. Listen, if I was a young person, I want to tell you something, that's, this is, that's, that's, I'm telling you, I can, I can tell you from testimony, from, from life experience, uh, follow the preacher. He'll lead you to Christ. So we see these things. He, he, he is, oh, by the way, he's all things to all people. In 1 Corinthians 9, 20, under the Jews, I became as a Jew that I might gain the Jews and to them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. You know what he's saying? I find common ground with everybody I'm meeting. Why? Because I have a purpose. Listen, he may not have any interest. Uh, listen, in my absolute favorite story about our preacher is him taking my son and going to Daytona and leaning over on a rail and talking with a 10, 12-year-old at the time about NASCAR. I don't care anything in the world about that stuff. It made such an impact <coughs> on him, and it made one on me. Why? Being all things to all people. Being all things to all people worthy of double honor. He's after the lost. Paul said, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. I was thinking about how it is that we do these things. When we start thinking about being, uh, uh, we start thinking about how, how do we demonstrate double honor. He said there in verse 17, he said, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. How do we do that? I think if we study out the text, there's a couple things we can tell you. I think it's, it is financially, and I'm so thankful for a church uh, I, that takes such care uh, of our pastor. So grateful for that. To be a part of, listen, it's, it's, it's just a blessing, man. But it's, it's financial that we, take, that, we, that we take care of the man of God. But I think it's also in our actions. It's how, it's how, we, it's how we act. And I'll get to more in that in just a moment. Uh, this is something that I, I stole from my father as well. Talking about the preacher and the man of God and, and the impact and the imprint that he made in our life. He, Dad shared this, I believe, the last time maybe. He said in 1 Timothy 4.12, he said, oh, no, 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 in John 20.25, 20, he said the other disciples uh, there in the end of the verse, he was talking about uh, not trusting or believing it was the Lord. And one of them said, said, except I see the hands uh, see his hands, the print of the nails, that print there talking about if they see the scars. He said, I, if I don't see that, I won't believe it. That, that word there and the word in 1 Timothy 4.12, that in an ensample of the believers, those are the same two words, same two things. It is that impression, that scarring. Dad, I'm very positive. I feel like, Dad, the last time I preached here, maybe talked about that. That scarring, that, that imprint, that impression. And there are people who do that. They make an impression in our lives. They make it an impression. Uh, they, they, for lack of better words, they, they scar our lives. They, they leave a lasting, uh, a lasting memory in our life. They, uh, in, and so we see that in verse, uh, 1 Timothy 4.12, it said, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an ensample of believers. To, it goes on and gives some, some references there. In 2 Timothy 3.10. He's, Paul's talking again. He said, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience. 
what we see is that the word print in John 10, uh, 25, or 2025, the word in sample in 1 Timothy 4.12, and the word manner of life in 2 Timothy 3.10, they all, they all go together. So the, that scarring, that impression, it's our manner, it's our manner of life. It's not the pulpit. It, listen, it is the preaching of the Word of God that changes lives, absolutely. But it's the manner of life that changes us as great and, and in some regards even greater. It's the manner of life that they live. Listen, you say, uh, where, where are you going? I'm saying I'm looking forward to what God is doing and what God is going to do. I hate it terribly that preacher has suffered the last 90 days and, and I don't know the cause of that. I don't know the why of that. I just know that God's going to make that better and we're going to go on for God and I'm looking forward to it as we follow him what God is going to do. I'm just persuaded. I'm fully convinced that God is trying to do something great and I'm looking forward to seeing what God has. It's a manner of life that has changed us. The last thing we see, or the third thing we see, we see the reward of the laborer. So what is the labor? What is his reward? When we, use, when we use these terms, the term honor, we think about the things that we honor, right? Listen, what do we honor? There are days we honor. We honor the veterans on Veterans Day, those that are present or have served and are still with us. At Memorial Day, we, we, we honor those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice. We honor, our, we honor days. We honor Thanksgiving and Christmas. We honor our flag. Every morning, we start with the pledge, and, and we stand, and we, we salute the pledge, and we, we, pronounce, we, we declare it. Why? Because it's an honor. We, we're honoring uh, we're honoring, listen, and, and I've heard people say, well, it's just a flag. What's the big deal? It is just a flag, flag, but it's not the flag. It's what it represents. We honor, we honor the bride, right? When, when the church, uh, when we're at a wedding uh, and, and every, everybody comes in and they, they shut off those back doors and they hit those first few notes on the wedding march and the doors swing open and there stands the bride and everyone stands. Why? Because we're honoring the bride. We honor our ladies. That's what we do, right? We, uh, we honor our ladies, and, and it, it's a little old-fashioned, I guess, but, but when we go, preacher, when we go to town or we go somewhere, we hold the door, and we let them walk ahead of us. It's not because uh, they're incapable or, or inferior or can't hold a door, but it's because we want to show some reverence there. Gentlemen, when we walk down the street well, on a sidewalk with our wives or our girlfriends or our daughters, we walk on the inside. We, we, preacher talked about this morning, we respect that. We, there are things we honor. We honor some things. Here he said that there's a double honor. That gives me this thought that not, if there's a double honor, then that it, it's, it's not the same. Double honor here is earned through a, through a long tenure of service. We see some things we honor uh, in cemeteries and we honor uh, battlegrounds and we the Lord told Abraham to take off his shoes for his own holy ground. We honor the brides, we honor graduates, we honor the flag. We honor so many things. I'm telling you, the men of God in our lives, the pastor God put in our life, the pastor God has 
in our life is worthy of double honor. It's just in my, I, I just, preacher, I just want you to know that I, my life is enriched, is now, is going to be because of your life. And, and it, it, is, it, is in, it is impacting. I say that in the present tense. It is impacting my life. I'm so grateful for what God is doing because the truth is, is that God does all these things. It is God. It is God. It is God. It is God that does the thing that works in our life. But God uses people. God uses people. Think about how this is. So what is this? So the double honor, I, I thought about how the double honor may, is in action and attitude. I, I, there's, I, I called preacher by his first name one time and I was talking to or about Stephen Jones and I turned and said his name and, and you may be okay with that. And if you're on a, I mean, some of y'all are like family and, uh, you know, are you, and you call him uncle and papa and you, uh, you grew up, went to school together. I, I, I understand all that. But listen, in my actions, in my words, it's, it's just different. In my mentality, in my money, in all that I do. Listen, you know what? Do you know what the preacher wants more than anything is for you to serve God with your life? He wants, you know, when he talks about having a happy home, you know what he wants more than anything is for you to have a happy home where you have learned to love God and follow God. He's not worried about your messes. He's not about worried about the dirt in the corner of your life. Listen, and, letting, and you allowing that to keep you from serving God or keep you from uh, uh, having, uh, doing the things that need to be done. Listen, he wants you to learn to love and follow God. That's why he does these things. I'm so thankful. The reward. I thought about the reward in the scripture, preacher. The reward from without. So there's a reward that comes from without. Make sure that I give this to you correctly. The reward from without is, is, is what the people do. It's what, it's what the church members do. Every now and then, can I say this? Every now and then it's okay for you to, to shoot preacher text and say, I just want you to know how much I love you and I'm thankful for you. That, that's right, that's right, okay. It's okay every now and then to, to say, preacher, I, I'm thankful for that message. I didn't like it, but I needed it. That's okay. It's, it's okay to say, you said something the other day, and it spoke to my heart, and, and I just want you to know, I'm not, right, I'm not there yet, but I'm working on it. That's, it's okay, that reward from without. That reward from without, when you write that note, or, or you give that card, or, or, or you buy that meal, whatever it may be, that reward is from without. And then there's a reward that's from within. So the reward from without is us, the reward from within. Maybe this is the double honor. So the reward from within Philippians 3.17, listen to this. He said, brethren, be ye followers together of me. Paul's talking to the church. He said, brethren, be ye followers of me. It's okay for a preacher to get up and say, hey, y'all follow me. Come on. Yeah, you, that's what we tell our kids. We, we were coming out uh, yesterday. We, Philip was off, and it's, it's a rare day when the four of us are able to get any more with his school and work and, and all those things. It's a rare day when we uh, can get along and so we, we kind of 
done impact, and we blew everything off. We drove to Gainesville, uh, and we went and watched a basketball game and uh, set up in the rafters away from everybody, and uh, we stopped by and had uh, a dinner on the way home, and, uh, and, and when we were coming out of the stadium, uh, there was this family come up behind us, and it was a dad and a mom and these two little kids, and, and, and the, the mom said, all right now, like ducks, like ducks, and they always kind of got in behind her and, and made a little path, and, and, and you know, you know what there was, she was saying? She was saying, hey, follow me. Stay close to me. It's okay. Paul said, be you followers of me, uh, together of me, and mark them, uh, which walk so as you have us for an example. There it is again. Look down in, in maybe verse number, uh, let's just read it all. It'll be all right. For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now I tell you, even weeping, that there are enemies of the cross of Christ. They don't always go pleasant. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is their shame, who mind earthly things, for our conversation is in heaven, from whence, uh, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that, is, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according uh, to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto him. Verse 1, chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my brethren, my, my, dear, my brethren dearly beloved and longed for, He's talking about these people now. My joy and my crown. Paul, Paul is talking about how those people are his joy. They're his joy. Listen, it is the joy of the man of God when he brings that third generation up and says, I want to tell you what God did in such and such life. It's what makes his heart pump. It's what makes his life. It's, what, it's, it's the paycheck. All the things are great, but that's the paycheck. So there's, there's this joy, this reward from uh, above and this or re, uh, from without. There's a reward from within, and then there's a reward from above. And I won't take the time because I'm out of time. But the reward from, from above is speaking of God. And in verse number, in 1 Peter 5, in verse number, uh, verse number 4, he said, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. And this, a preacher talked the other day about this, and it's probably applicable to all. But listen, this is, this is something that is in large part talking about the preacher. God has a reward for that. There's a, there's a reward for the laborer. So thankful for our pastor. And I know it, I know it's, I know it's been a I know it's been a hard 90 days. And, and he hasn't said that to me. And no one else has said anything to me. But I know it's been, I know because preacher loves this place. And he doesn't know anything but 80 hours a week right here on the property. I got to thinking about the value of the pastor. Preacher, the value of the pastor is not in driving the bus. But I'm thankful you get to do that. It's not in cutting the grass or painting a door. It's not in any of the physical labor. Preacher, the value that you have in our lives is in preaching the word of God and teaching our children and giving us someone to follow. I'm so grateful for that. And I can't wait to see what God's going to do. 
It's, it's, it's right to breathe a moment and say, Lord, I just want to thank you for the present man of God in our lives. For what he's doing. I believe that. I'm done. Uh, if somebody would, will you come get us a song? I, I believe that about what I said a few moments ago when, when Jesus asked those disciples, when he said, uh, when he told the disciples, one of you is going to betray me. They said, wait, was it, is it me? Lord, is it I? Lord, it, did, Lord is it, it why? I, in some regard, I think maybe they're just so carnal they didn't know what in the world he was talking about. But, but maybe in some regard it is that, hey, they were trying to take the message from God and say, hey, wait a second, does this apply to me? And we all want to grow numerically, and numbers are awesome. They really are. I mean, you, 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 we love numbers. You, you can't help it. It's, just, it's, it's a human thing. God named a whole book after numbers. It's a normal thing. We like to count. We want to see more people in church. But it's not about that. It's not what the ministry's about. It's about knowing that one day that my daughter is going to marry some snot-nosed brat that I don't like already. And that God's going to give them children. And that I know that if they don't have that voice, that manner of life, that they may walk off into the world and never return. The pain that is involved in people who wander away from God that just didn't listen to what the preacher said. That didn't hear the message. That didn't hear the lesson. That didn't hear God. It's not an ego thing. It's not a pride thing. It's a, it's a, he loves us the way Christ loves us. I hope that made sense. I hope that my heart in that come across correctly. I'm telling you, there are churches all over America. Dad has been preaching at a church in Florida, and if my understanding is correct, there are times where someone gets up, prints off, some, prints off a message, and stands and reads someone else's message. There are churches across America that take a CD I guess it's out of date now. They tap into Wi-Fi somewhere and they play a sermon because they don't have a preacher. Now, we talk about things that bother us, right? We don't, you know, we, we want to do this and we want to do that. But I want, what, what are we doing with what we have? What are we doing with the freedoms that we have? What are we doing with the Bibles that we have? What are we doing with the families that we have? How are we following the man of God that we have? Let's stand on our feet. Heads about, eyes are closed. I have no idea. Maybe it's just my testimony about our preacher. But I want to tell you, I'd encourage you to pray for your pastor. I'd encourage you to follow your pastor. I'd encourage, I'd tell you that God has a mighty big plan. His ways are best. 